Welcome to my show. It's Spiros McGarris. I'm, uh, I have a privilege to introduce to you Rob Appleby and Stuart Sign. Uh, I'm an advisor to their company, and but I would rather have them talk a little bit more about the company they're in. But before we start, could you make a quick introduction to yourself Absolutely. before I will yeah, show you the sure. questions? Oops, sorry, Spiros. Hi, Spiros, mate. Like, thank you very much for having us on today. So. My name is Rob Appleby. I'm the CEO for DPG. Um, I've been with the company for two years now. I've got close to 20 years in uh, fintech payment cards and banking experience. I've been with uh, JP Morgan for eight years, managing a global cards product before coming to DPG. Um, we've got a fantastic dedicated team of experts who are frankly just good people doing good things. And we've been working hard together for the last two years, really transforming the business. Stu? Thank Hello. Thank you for the introduction, Spiros. So my name is Stuart Syme. I'm the Chief Technology Officer here at DPG. I equally have been with uh, Rob and the group for, for the last two years, and I've uh, had over 20 years' experience within the cards and payments industry with some of the world's largest players in that particular marketplace being GemPlus, TSIS, and most recently I joined DPG from um, Deutsche Bank, Germany. People and will I'm ask. Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, Sorry. I interrupted. Um, no, it's fine. And, and, and I'm here um, to look after the technology side of our business and make sure that we're moving forward in, on a, in a cutting edge manner. And uh, again, sorry for the interruption, but in podcast, anything goes, <laughs> I think. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, but for the people who didn't know, I mean, what is TPG? I mean, what does it stand for? What do you do exactly? So the Digital Payments Group is a relatively small, diverse, but uh, quite global company. So we have 35 staff members uh, with a Topco entity in Ireland. Uh, we've got management ops and dev teams in the UK, Europe and the US respectively. So what do we do? Well, we are an issuer processor. Uh, we're certified by MasterCard and Discover. Uh, in essence, we're a hub or a backbone technology company and we're predominantly a B2B business. So our clients are... Uh, market brands, fintechs, financial institutions, and they use our platform to design, um, build, and deploy their own uh, revenue-generating card payment products, okay? So, you know, that's quite a mouthful. So maybe if I simplify it, so we do, we do this in three different fronts. So the first is, as I said, we're certified by MasterCard and Discover. So we can issue cards and devices for our clients and users. Um, you know, that might be physical cards, virtual cards. Uh, we also put support tokenization for Apple Pay, Google Pay and the likes. And then secondly, we process the transactions for those devices. So for example, when you um, spend money on your contactless uh, or your Apple Watch or something, we will authorize and settle those transactions on behalf of the issuer. Um, so in effect, we are an electronic money ledger. And then lastly, what we do is we tie that all together. We have an open set of APIs, we have real-time data feeds. So our clients, they can go out there, they can build and customize their own middleware and front-end um, applications and tools, uh, you know, that, that works very well for them. So we, we really see the, the future of the market trends is driven by customer expectations for digital products, and it's the seamless um, customer experience that they have. So maybe, maybe to wrap it up a bit, there is a, a product set or a concept that is really becoming more prevalent in our market space, and that is embedded finance. Um, so we are an I wanted to talk about that, yes. Go uh, on. Yeah. I, I would have asked you anyway, but we're an enabler of embedded finance, right? So um, embedded finance is really a, a non-financial service provider uh, or product owner who 
merges in that financial service to their own offering. Um, and it's an extremely powerful tool for clients. Um, enables them to open up new uh, revenue streams and reinvent the services that they offer to their customers. And without actually having those disjointed customer experiences from handing off to another service provider or the likes. Um, yeah, so we, you know, we, we see some real strong growth in things like on-demand services, buy now, pay later, uh, you know, virtual supply chain products, things like that, which we'll get onto shortly. You know, the thing, nice thing about today's show is that people talk about credit cards, debit cards, challenger banks, but uh, I think very few experts or few people know that there are different companies that do provide this kind of services for the challenger banks, for, embed, uh, for companies that are not in the financial industry. You just mentioned embedded finance. So it's perfect that we have you on the show uh, and to elaborate on this. I mean, for people to know, who's your competition? So that, that's an interesting point. And Rob brought up several several interesting elements of the business that we're in, as, as did yourself there, Spiros. Now, when people talk about transaction processing in the traditional sense of the word, a lot of the companies that are going to spring to mind for people that are dealing with their banks and the large-scale financial institutions, it's going to be total systems or TSIS, as they're called, part of the global payments group. It's going to be first data. It's going to be the organisations that are working on, as you said previously, the classic credit card type products. Now, that isn't particularly who we are in competition with. As the market has moved forward and the industry has moved forward, these um, challenger banks and the fintech industry in general has required something that's more agile and quicker. So what that means is they're looking at agile platforms, API based. They need to be fast to market and they need to be enabling innovation as we move forward. Now, where that puts us in is the marketplace quite firmly with the likes of Paymentology. And of course, the one that's on everybody's lips at the moment is Marketa. We're very much in competition with those guys. They're doing a fantastic job in the USA. They're doing a great job with and being a, being a hub for supplying lots of different services. And that's very much where we are, very similar technology. Um, and we're obviously very much focused on the European market right now. But we have an advantage, I would say, in that we already have uh, people placed throughout the world. Uh, we have people in the US, across Europe as well as um, an ability internally with the knowledge base that we have, with the individuals that were brought on board to really be able to offer a very, very consultative approach to organizations that are looking to do something innovative. Uh, so, I mean, now we got from an you know, introduction and you told us about your competitors and, uh, and people probably understood at this point what we guys are doing. I mean, where I'm fortunate to be an advisor. Uh, what are your clients and uh, regions you mentioned, but what, what what clients can you, I mean, what kind of clients are they? If you can't name them by name, but what, you know, what are the partners you work with closely? Yeah, well, look, I, maybe I'll start off. I'll say the target market is the UK and Europe. Uh, with that said, we've got products um, operating across 25 different countries globally. Um, our target market segments are... Um, Really, firstly, it's the market disruptors. So it's the fintechs, it's the mobile banking apps, uh, platforms for the gig economy, that sort of thing, right? Then secondly, it's the corporate and uh, market brands who are looking to diversify their um, offerings uh, with embedded financial services, for example. Um, you know, in this segment, we also really believe strongly in the virtual supply chain payments. This is a very strong pay place uh, where we are targeting. 
Um, thirdly, we've got the SME market, which we believe there is uh, real demand for Affinity white label SME expenses products. So we are busy in the background working to deliver this as we speak. Um, That's also, nice. We're going to hear more about this though. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, we, we have the government and uh, local authority segment as well. Now, look, traditionally, these have been uh, heavier, more legacy-driven verticals. Um, however, what we see now is that um, these clients as well are also looking to digitalize, um, just like the modern corporates and um, the market brand. So everyone in the, is in the process of digital transformation, you know, pretty much across every company that you might talk to. So we are right at the forefront of all of this. Um, we really believe that the future of market trends is driven, again, as I said before, by the end users' digital experiences. Um, and in turn, for those market disruptors who are looking to introduce new uh, innovative solutions to meet that demand. So, you know, our platform is, is, is really perfectly positioned to meet the needs of these guys. Can you give some uh, one or two examples, like uh, use cases? I mean, use case is a big word, but, you know, just so, so people get a taste of it. Yeah, it, maybe that's a good good point. So it puts it firmly into context as well, right? So Stu, I'll, I'll talk to EML and then maybe you can follow up the um, value um, supply, uh, sorry, the virtual supply chain. Sure. Job, right? um, so our largest client is um, EML. EML is one of Europe's leading e-money issuers. Um, while they have millions of cardholders on our platform, they are not like your traditional bank, which has only a few products. You can imagine it's a debit card, a credit card, and maybe a couple of other things, a travel card. These guys cover many verticals and they have hundreds of products on our platform. Um, ultimately, their clients map to the sections that I, I mentioned just earlier. But, you know, so if we imagine in the, in the fintech space, they have clients such as Paysense, Fintonic, CityMapper, Centra, you know, real, real big uh, fintech people. Then the corporates, uh, it's entities like Correa's, Three Money, British Airways. Um, and then they have the government and local authorities. So we process uh, transactions for over 140 local authorities um, on behalf of these guys. Uh, and in fact, we saw really rapid growth during um, COVID, uh, during, during the peak, we were able to work closely with EML to very rapidly deploy solutions and support the local communities, everything from emergency NHS cards, uh, government relief programs in Greece, initiatives in Spain, et cetera, right? Um, so look, as a, as a modern processor, uh, this is a real opportunity for us to shine. E EML has a consistent stream of new programs that are coming on board all the time, programs and services. So we provide them um, a permanent connection to the test environment. Uh, we allow them and their own clients as well, actually, to uh, develop their front ends um, powered by our modules on the platform. And then we also provide like real-time data um, and transactional information. So in this way, they use our backbone technology to quickly and efficiently get their clients on board, but they also get the insights and everything from the data that enables it to make it all fly. Um, you know, to I guess to summarize this case study, in partnership with us, EML um, has grown 200% over the last five years. That's a, it's a big case study there. It's amazing, amazing. Yeah, Stuart, I'll hand over to you if you want to talk to the virtual yeah, so I think I think a very important case study for us um, right now is an organisation called Mystify, who we are onboarding with our newly certified partner, Discover. Um, we were introduced to this organisation. Now, what they do is they're an airline services aggregator. So they have many, many corporate clients, travel agencies that access their system. And in the background, they collate all the information together, decide which flights, which other services they're going to want to do, and then actually make that payment process. Now, what they were looking for was an innovative solution that would allow for them to be able to um, be quicker to transfer the funds, 
and also um, be more cost effective than the traditional bank transfer, which is what was being used. So in consultation, we went in with Discover and we sat down and in consultation, we created a virtual instant issue product that allows for them to genuinely hit their pay now button. An instant card is issued and it's pushed then across and the payment is then settled and everything in the background, as you would expect from a, from a transaction processor. Now, where that becomes very interesting for us, of course, is whether it's airlines or you're buying vegetables or you're buying something else, it really fits into a, a supply chain model that we're seeing enormous interest in at the moment. And we really feel that this is a, a repeatable model that's, that's going to allow us to push forward in really cutting the times uh, at which the organisations in that supply chain receive their money. Well, I mean... Um... Where are we going next, you think? Where are we going, as to, uh, you and the industry? Where do you think, uh, what's the next challenges? No, great opportunities, obviously. Yeah, well, I guess it's the key question, isn't it? So look, we've been um, really refining and delivering a solid business plan that we've had for the last couple of years with the aim for the next two or three years to show considerable growth on the platform as you'd expect. <laughs> so really the components of that plan for us are, firstly, it's just really ensuring that um, DPG is ahead of the game. So um, you know, everybody in the space has to be more agile, really deploy new programs um, you know, and the value-added services quickly, efficiently across multiple regions. So you know, we're, we're really aiming at being able to target the different regions. Uh, we want to complete our cloud migration, um, tools to drive speed to market, system capacity, scalability, et cetera, all the things that Stu would be very interested in. <laughs> uh, and then second, we've analyzed those um, product gaps in the market that we've talked about a bit there. So, so it's cutting edge uh, uh, products such as the Affinity White Label um, expense solutions for SMEs. It's the virtual supply chain products. We're really honing into those. Um, it's the, well, I guess in the last couple of years, we've really built out this um, value-added products and services to the platform. So we had the strong core, but now we've added a, a whole raft of different modules to it. It's everything from admin portals, Google and Apple Pay, end user apps, uh, open banking, spend control, 3DS, you know, I, I can carry on. But we'll whole, continue to, sorry, is that good? The whole umbrella. Yeah, the whole umbrella. So look, we, <laughs> we, we didn't have those two years ago. They're there now. There's been a lot of hard work to get them. And then what that really enables us to do is, is that clients have gaps in their offerings and we're able to help them fill the gaps in their offering to deliver the products themselves, if that makes sense. You know, the flip side is, of course, that um, we, we can also build out our own programs if we need to, right? Um, so that, that kind of brings me to the, to the next part of the business plan that we have is that and, and I think this is absolutely critical and we work very hard to do this. It's identifying and focusing the right partners to move forward with um, right from the top scheme level. So, of course, we're working very hard with MasterCard. Uh, we're working towards uh, FinTech Express with those guys. Secondly, you know, key activity we had is um, contract signing with Discover. So this was critical for us uh, in 2020. Discover looking to diversify their product offering and expand into Europe um, with the um, prepaid and debit card market. So we have a real first mover advantage with these guys being the, the lead processor in that area, uh, you know, really working hard with the alternative payments guys out there. Um, so we're already working and collaborating with some significant companies out there. Uh, they've got really great ideas. They're very innovative. Um, and ultimately Discover will attract new brands and issues and they're acting as a multiplier for us, you know, really good partner at the moment. And then um, following on from that, maybe a step down is the, is the issuers who, who work underneath the, those schemes as well. So we've expanded our um, issuing bank partnerships out in Europe. We're looking to expand again out into Asia. 
Um, and coupling this up with the modular services, as I said before, we can now offer full in-house program management on our side as well, meaning that we can take on these programs for our clients should we need to. So, you know, all, all of this are acting as aggregators. The partners are critical. The collaboration and everything we do is critical in order for this innovation to be driven and out. And we, we, we want to be right on the back of that. It's critical. I mean, uh, people uh, in my space, in our space, we hear about Glano, by now Pelado, or, I mean, Are there any, you know, any stories in that direction, you know, opportunities? Yeah, look, I think that um, uh, all of the buy now, pay later, some of these phrases have been around for a long time and Stu would, Stu would probably say this as well. You know, people have been able to buy now and pay later on lay-by schemes and everything. But I think where it all ties together is that all of this is now part of everyone's digital experience. It's all exactly. part of that embedded, yeah, it's that, it's that embedded financing. You've got to be in this new mindset of how you're delivering tools. We have got to enable our clients to be innovators. There used to be a whole sector of um, companies in between who were actually program managers, and they would work with all the parties to create these things and build the modules and tools and have it all as a, as a kind of white label thing, but it doesn't really exist anymore. You know, the, the market brands, um, even the government and organizations, have actually got the wherewithal and, and uh, resources to pull these embedded finance solutions into their own, and then it becomes seamless customer journeys for their, their clients. That's exactly what you need. That's where everybody is going. I mean, embedded finance, I mean, that's the space that's going to explode. I mean, this is which is the beginning. But uh, I think uh, TPG probably will be one of the players that can help with those, uh, a lot of those companies uh, do this, what they need to do in order to, to fulfill the, the, the potential of embedded finance. That's, yeah, certainly I, one of, that's certainly one of our goals. And realistically from a from a, a tech perspective um, within that fintech arena one of the things that's critical for us is that we don't um, prevent ourselves from being able to support those so it's always about trying to stay up there with the latest technologies being quick to market because a fintech with a great idea doesn't want to hear about a six months timeline they want to hear about a six or eight week timeline to get live to actually put something out into the marketplace to know that we've already got partners on board that have got the latest and greatest with biometric security with authentication processes that, that are mandated and required that we're able to very quickly via API connect with other partners that we also in-house are able to develop because it's been a very interesting time in the fintech world. And if we'd had this conversation three years ago, some of these topics wouldn't have been there. Three years later, it's changed. Well, that means in three years time from now, we've still got to be on top of it. And if anything, I think the the technology advancements are actually accelerating. And certainly the client uh, request and the client expectation is most definitely accelerating. Yeah, it's, we, it's, we almost can't anticipate the new products themselves that are coming out. It's, it's the market brands, the corporates and whoever else, the fintechs who are bringing these new ideas. What we have to do is provide them the layer and the backbone uh, technology for them to be innovative and bring it in. So we just have to have that core technology that they can sit on top of and actually flex to their to their needs. That's the key. But uh, is it like uh, Stuart was saying, it's about four to six weeks, the, the period it takes to implement our solution? Yeah, It I would really it depend upon what that solution is. You know, we we as a technology provider can be very quick. You know, we have a full API suite. People can go onto our API, onto our website. They can actually see the documentation. They can look at what's there and they, they can actually play around with that as they need to. Now, the difference is, depending upon the product that they want to do, we're still within a regulated services industry. So the speed at which technology moves is always going to be um, 
we, we will always try to be the quickest. But the fact of the matter is you still have the schemes involved, whether it be MasterCard or Discover, you still have an issuer involved, you know, so somebody who's the bin sponsor. So if everything was to align, could we do something that quickly? Yes. You know, but it is a question about having something that can be aligned that quickly because there's several partners involved. But it's, again, like, build, point, it's like building a house, you know. It's exactly like building a house. And now basically yes. you have to wait for the paint, the electrician, and, oil, and one doesn't and, start before the other. And, <laughs> and, then, and then the man from the government's going to come around and check that you've done everything correctly. <laughs> exactly. Shut you down. That, so, that is such a good point, I think. You know, and I think it, it's critical for us because it's a, I see it as a sweet spot or a niche for us is that we have two core factors that, that we deliver to. One is that we're the modern issuing process. Uh, we're a nimble technology, uh, as Stu said, you know, we keep saying it, but it's true. Um, and the other is that we also have that strong um, program management in-house, extremely experienced staff that allow us to consult comprehensively with our clients um, and create solutions that fit their business models. You know, we don't, we don't just provide them technology and watch them flounder within the regulatory environment. We actually sit with them and work through that. Once we've got that, uh, that basis, then we uh, enable them to hook in and fly with their products. You know, and, and that is the key. Um, I'd, I'd probably, maybe we can almost summarize with a couple of key statements. One is that, we, we really try to make small but timely changes in the industry and, and then enable our clients to make big impacts you know, with those small changes that we have on the platform. Um, the other one is that it's not really so much about the big companies eating the small companies anymore. It's much more about the fast companies eating the slower companies. You know, that, that's the kind of ethos that we stick to. You know, when I hear all this, it seems like uh, we're TPG is in a growth uh, phase, very strong growth phase. Um, are you well funded, or are you look? Are you in a funding rate? Uh, are you in a funding stage now, or? Uh, yeah, no, look, the founders that we've got in the company at the moment have um, been, uh, you know, they've funded us uh, for the last last few years with the business plan they agreed to, um, and uh, and have always um, stuck to that and done a good job. We are definitely looking for growth capital, and we're in advanced um, conversations with a couple of investors now. So these look very promising, and um, you know this will enhance us from a synergy perspective, but then also from that growth capital perspective. Um, so you know, uh, the people we're talking to, they know that we're busy trying to drive out that tech side. If we're trying to double down on the development, the delivery of our leading products, um, we'll be able to complete this uh, cloud migration and region-specific readiness and the likes. But the truth is, you know, we'll, we'll get to there no matter what. Um, but with growth capital, we'll be able to get there faster. And that's critical for all of us, uh, including our investors and founders, to, to make money into the future. Perfect. And, uh, you know, thank you. You know, is there anything, uh, Stuart or Rob, you would like to say uh, we forgot to ask or to answer? No, not from my perspective. Um, honest, look, we really, so really appreciate the uh, opportunity to be on board on the podcast and we look forward to yeah. talking to you again sometime soon. Yes, yeah, so thank, you thank, thank you for being on the show. And uh, I'm so happy that I was able to, to have this conversation with you guys because I think uh, it educates the industry about the many great players behind the scene that make uh, the magic happen, what we call fintech. Thank you very much. Excellent. Thanks so much, Gary. Pleasure. Thank you.